It's time for the Tom Sumner Program. The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show with music, comedy and special guest interviews every Monday through Friday. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Our theme music is Fruit of the Louvre, provided by Flick composer-producer Howard Eddy. Stay tuned, because it's on now. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. The Tom Sumner Programme. Hi, I'm U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow, and I'm listening to the Tom Sumner Show. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm Tom Sumner, and uh, it's going to be an interesting one today, uh, to be sure. Coming up in the third half of our uh, three-hour tour, we're going to talk with Dr. Carolyn Coker-Ross, who is an intergenerational trauma expert, and she's going to share... Uh, from her perspective, the do's and don'ts if someone close to you expresses suicidal thoughts. And um, and, and that may be necessary information in this day and age. Um, coming up in the middle of our three-hour tour, the second hour, we're going to talk with um, an internationally recognized strategic thought leader and advisor to heads of uh, governments and major corporations. He's written a new book called The Fifth... Well, I I guess it it came out last year, toward the end of last year. It's called The Fifth Horseman and the New Mad, How Massive Attacks of Disruption Became the Existential Danger to a Divided Nation and the World at Large. And it's... um, Written by um, my guest coming up in the second hour, uh, Dr. Harlan Ullman. And uh, he also uh, speculates a little bit about what would happen if Donald Trump were to be tried and or convicted of something from uh, the various hearings we've been seeing. Would Joe Biden pardon him? We're going to talk about that and a lot more with... uh, Harlan coming up in uh, in just a, a little bit. But we're going to talk this hour, and it's been a while since we've talked to our, our go-to SCOTUS guru. Um, and, and I would suggest that things have been kind of quiet until recently <laughs> at the Supreme Court. But uh, they're certainly not quiet anymore. And we're going to talk about uh, some of the noise that's being created. Um both by the the Supreme Court and uh, also uh, from some of the fallout with um, a constitutional law professor from WMU Cooley Law in Tampa, Brendan Beery. He's uh, sort of been on hiatus from the show, but but we've got him back, <laughs> and it's great to great to have him back. Brendan, good morning, and welcome back, my friend. Good morning, Tom. Great great to be here. Um, have you had any rest at all since the uh, <laughs> Supreme Court came down with their their decision about Dobbs? Uh, no, and uh, <laughs> even, 
you know, I've been joking with students, you know, we have, uh, you know, uh, at, at, at uh, WMU Cooley Law School, we do sort of a trimester framework. We go year round, including summers. And um, oh, they do that. So we have Kettering here. Do they? Yeah. 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 It provides a lot of different scheduling options. So it's a good it's a good uh, model. Um, but uh, what I've been joking with students about is, you know, I said, I, I don't know what you folks are going to be doing during your break. <laughs> But I'm going to have to rework constitutional law. <laughs> constitutional law, too. The entire curriculum is turned upside down. Um, and, well, and uh, that's something and for a number of reasons. And that's yeah. that's something I want to talk about um, because there's certainly um, the the abortion issue is front and center. There's also a lot of attention being paid um, to the the recent ruling about the New York. Uh, gun law with regard to concealed weapons and where you can and can't mm-hmm. have them legally and so on. Um, and a lot of the argument is about taking away people's rights. And, and I, there's a couple of things that I, that I want to try and do. I want to I, I try and straighten out some of the language because I think the people talking about it and especially the media are taking the the lazy way out and saying that the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade. That's mm-hmm. not really what happened at all, is it? Technically, the, they, they explicitly say that Roe and another case, uh, Casey versus Planned Parenthood of Pennsylvania, are overruled. Um, but I think what the misunderstanding often is, is people assume that means that now abortion is a crime in the entire United States. Um, and the Supreme Court did not hold that states must prohibit abortion or must criminalize abortion. Um, what, this, what, the, what this does um, is take Roe uh, off the books and send the, the issue back to the states. Um, so that's, I, well, I think when people essence, talk about overruling it, yeah. In essence, um, they made a decision on a more contemporary case that um, you know that that now supersedes those earlier laws, including Roe v. Wade. But aren't they just aren't they simply saying there's no constitutional protection for abortion? Yeah. And that's the opposite of what they said in Roe and Casey and uh, and, a, and a couple of other cases since, um, where the court <clears throat> the court has consistently upheld, but they call it the central holding of Roe. So they've been tinkering around with how to work through the abortion issue, you know, for decades. Uh, but they've always, up until now, upheld the central holding of Roe, which is that a woman has a constitutional right uh, under the Due Process Clause of the Fourteenth Amendment, which guarantees liberty. Right. So. Constitution does not say anything about abortion, but in two different places, it, it, it presumes that we have liberty. And so courts are trying to figure out, okay, liberty, what does that mean? Right? Liberty means freedom. So what does it mean to live in a free country? Uh, does that include a woman's right to make her own choices about her pregnancy? Um, and up until now, the court has said, yes, um, we, we realize that the word abortion is not in the Constitution. But a woman's choice to do this is part of the liberty guaranteed by the Constitution. So that's basically what they've said. Um, and as of the Dobbs case, they undid that. They said, nope, um, 
they're uh, essentially what they're saying is um, that when we interpret the Constitution, if a right is not either explicitly listed in the Constitution or if it wasn't considered to be a fundamental right back when the Constitution was ratified, and when we talk about the 14th Amendment Due Process Clause, that was 1868. Um, and they were very explicit about this. If it is, again, two things. If it's not listed in the Constitution and it wasn't considered something, a widespread time-honored practice in 1868, then it is not a constitutional right. Um, therefore, abortion is not a constitutional right because, one, it's not listed in the Constitution, and, two, it was not a time-honored uh, fundamental right back in 1868. So that's, that's the, in a nutshell, what the court said in Dobbs, and that's obviously has implications far beyond uh, uh, the issue of abortion, even though they say they're, they're limiting um, their holding to abortion, for now, at any rate. And I, I'm, I'm sort of wrestling with the, the way we treat laws and constitutional uh, rulings by the Supreme Court. Um, do we presuppose that everything's legal unless it's not? In terms of, um, yeah, I mean, that's an interesting question. Um, the Constitution, we probably talked about this a long, long time ago, but um, the Constitution said that there are a few different parts of it that really uh, come into play here. One is the Ninth Amendment, which, and, and this is something that the court is, seems to be ignoring at this point, but it, it does say, the Ninth Amendment says that the listing of certain rights in the Bill of Rights should may not be uh, construed to deny other rights retained by the people. Um, and that, that amendment reflects uh, the thinking of John Locke, which, uh, John, and John Locke's think I'll try to do this in, you know, in, in you know, the nutshell version, but John Locke basically said, look, you have a right to do whatever you want in your own life. Um, you're, you are, uh, you know, in, in, the, in a state of nature, he called it, you know, uh, you are sovereign over yourself. Um, but we give away certain authority over our own lives to secure our common good and common security. Um, we give to the government you know, the role of protecting us, the role of repelling invasions, the role of uh, um, promoting our health and safety, protecting our property, adjudicating uh, disputes among, uh, among the people. But these, these are all things we give up to the government and everything else we keep. Um, under that thinking, yeah, uh, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> I mean, if we really want to look at the original understanding of, of, uh, of the Constitution um, and the Bill of Rights, you know, the people who wrote that, um, there was actually a debate uh, when they were debating the Bill of Rights. You know, what, what, what are we getting into here? If we start listing rights, um, do we have to list them all? And one, one member of Congress, of course, it was the first Congress that drafted the Bill of Rights, uh, one, and one member during the debate said, do we have to include what time you go to bed and whether you can wear a top hat? Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, what do we, do we have to, you know, we're, we're not, and, and that reflects sort of the question, right, is, well, and, and the thinking was, well, well uh, no, I mean, everybody knows you can do that. Right? Up to that point, 
uh, mm-hmm. before the debates over the Bill of Rights and the inclusion of the Bill of Rights as the first, what, ten amendments of the uh, yeah. Constitution. The Constitution's primary function was to um, define and, in <coughs> most cases, limit the role of government. Right. And, and right. in some of those definitions, it talks about, you know, qualifications for certain elected offices and, mm-hmm. you know, those kinds of things, just, you know, administrative things. And and boiled down to what, about 60 pages? Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and what's the right. average law now? About 3,000 pages? <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, That's right. But in in the process of that, then, then came these... Uh, enumerated rights and and Mm -hmm. what the supreme court is suggesting and what um a a lot of uh right to life people are arguing is that there isn't and never has been a uh, protection for abortion in the constitution and that it was Mm -hmm. it was a stretch to interpret it that way does that yeah. automatically well first of all is is that the rationale behind this decision and and is a part of that decision saying issues like this should be determined by the states mhm yes um what's going on here on on a macro level yeah is that there has been a battle between two competing judicial philosophies, or if you want to call them ideologies, um, interpretive methodologies, you know, pick your, pick your term. But there's, there's been two competing ways of looking at the Constitution, and what has happened here is one of them has won out over the other one. So the first one is called originalism. Um, and that means that we're going back, again, the, the, the key dates are 1791, when the Bill of Rights was, ad- was ratified, and 1868, when the 14th Amendment was ratified, because the 14th Amendment is the one that really limits state power. Um, and um, we're going back to those dates. Literally, we are going back to those dates. Those dates have showed up repeatedly in these opinions uh, recently. Um, that uh, uh, you go back to the way people would have understood this language in 1868. Now, the competing uh, way of interpreting the Constitution is called living constitutionalism. And this thinking goes something like this. The Constitution was meant to be a long-term compact, if you will. Um, and I, I often use this and try to explain this to students, this example, right? If you're, if you're drafting a, let's, let's even call it uh, some, some contract, a private contract between two parties. And let's say you're some business and you're, you're going to give your local car dealership a sweet deal and give them a 99-year commitment, right, that you're going to lease all of your vehicles from them for the next 99 years. So you know this is a long-term contract. And I ask students, would you put in that contract, we promise to lease all of our Ford F-150s from you for the next 99 years? <laughs> Brendan, Brendan, I hate to stop you there, but I have a yeah. break to go to. Can we pick it up yeah, when we come back? Yeah, absolutely. I'll pick up a Ford F-150. <laughs> okay. 
my 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 uh, guest is Brendan Beery. We'll take a short break and we'll be right back. Hello out there, everybody. It's me, Tigger. T-I-Double-G-R. That spells Tigger. And don't forget to remember to listen to Tom Sumner program on account of because he's so bouncy. <laughs> I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. Our lives have been turned upside down by COVID-19. When a vaccine becomes available, it's critical that all of us get it. What we do as individuals will impact everyone's health, including those who can't get the vaccine. We won't get through this unless everyone takes part. Now is the time to get up to date on all recommended vaccines for both kids and adults. Experts say it's more important than ever for everyone to get their flu vaccine this year. And if you're older, you should get both the flu and pneumonia vaccines, since both illnesses can make COVID-19 even worse. Vaccines are available at a lot of convenient places, so be an example for friends and loved ones and encourage them to get vaccinated too. We all want to reunite, travel, and get back to school and work. But that means we all need to get on board. This is the time to do what's right for each other. Get vaccinated. It's our best shot. Hey, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. Catch me and a gaggle of great guests weekdays on Our Voices Radio, WFOVLP 92.1 FM. You never know who might drop by. Joe By from the Blue Hawaiians. Dan Serling. Congressman Dan Kildee. Alexander Zondrick. Dr. Comedian Joe Napote. Woodrow Stanley. U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow. State Senator Jim Ananick. Comedian Brian McCree. The unknown comic. Mark Farner. And Tom, I want you to know Tom's my friend. You, you've always got great questions, and you know the material, and you, and you care about it, and it's, uh, it's, that's impressive. Nice to be with you, Tom. And I admire you for reading all of that. I haven't read the whole thing. I've got willing to admit that. <laughs> hey, Tom, this is my favorite interview always. You, you, <laughs> it's like having coffee at the kitchen table with you. Tune in Monday through Friday from 9 to 12 right here on 92.1 of a Kind. And check out our website at TomSumnerProgram.com. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County, where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make. Throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods, and in the diverse city beyond where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air, where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums, where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses, and where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County, where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at michigan.org. Babies come with lots of decisions. Cloth or disposable? Crib or bassinet? 
So when it comes to protection, go with the safest, most effective choice, vaccination. Get all the recommended vaccines for your baby by age two to protect your child against 14 serious childhood diseases. For more reasons to vaccinate, talk to your child's doctor. Go to cdc.gov vaccines or call 800-CDC-INFO. A message from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. This is Congressman Dan Kildee, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. And welcome back, everybody. We continue our conversation uh, about Ford F-150s with uh, (laughs) (laughs) Supreme Court guru uh, Brendan Beery is joining me by phone. Brendan, welcome back. Thanks for sticking around. Sorry to make you sit through all that. That's okay. I was impressed by the Tigger endorsement. That's uh, that was impressive. (laughs) And you know, that's actually Tigger. Is that? Yeah, it's it's the guy who does the voice for uh, Tigger and Winnie the Pooh and oh man, Dark, yeah, that sounded like him. Yeah, yep, Darkwing Duck and yeah. some others. Uh, he was on the show, and I asked him if he'd do a couple of those, and and, and he just he just whipped them up off the top of his head. Wow, <laughs> it was great. That's hilarious. Uh. Anyway, um, we I, I cut you off when we went to break and. I usually only do that to participants on uh, armchair politics, but uh, <laughs> we were rolling along, and all of a sudden there was the break. So, um, yeah, yeah. Y- you want to you want to kind of set it back up again a little bit and and pick up where we left off. Sure. Um, yeah. So the philosophical debate on the court has been originalism versus living constitutionalism. Uh, originalism again, as you go back to the, the time the Constitution was ratified, living constitutionalism. So the, the example I was giving is if, if, you're, if you're drafting a long, long-term contract to lease vehicles in 99 years, you're not going to say we promise to uh, 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 lease our Ford F-150s for the next 99 years because we're nothing against the Ford F-150. I'm sure it's a wonderful vehicle. But if we're still driving those in 99 years, right, uh, something has gone terribly, terribly <laughs> awry. Um, so you would pick a more general term. You would say something like vehicle. Right. We, we promise to uh, um, uh, lease our vehicles from you uh, for the next 99 years, So, because whatever kind of vehicle that might be. The Constitution is written in general terms. It uses thing, words like liberty. It uses words like due process. It use, uh, uses terms like equal protection. Um, that does not, as you said before, it's not a 3,000-page code. It's a, it's a broad outline that's supposed to last um, it has to be malleable enough to absorb shocks, right? Historical shocks like world wars, uh, like a depression, um, right? Like like terrorist attacks. I mean, they could, they didn't uh, the, the founders didn't foresee everything that was going to happen to this country. And it has to be ductile enough to stretch in time, right? And with an evolving culture, we have to remember when the Constitution was written. Speaking of women's rights, women couldn't even vote. Uh, couldn't even hold property in their own names. Um, so are we, are we going to um, tether ourselves uh, to, uh, to a culture and society um, that is literally centuries past? Uh, and, 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 and our founders, actually, some of them, um, really worried. They called it the, the dead hand. Uh, are future generations going to be ruled by the dead hand of generations who are no longer here? Um, 
And so that's the fight. But what has happened is that the court has flipped. It used to be there were more living constitutionalists on the court than originalists, uh, and oftentimes by a large margin. Um, what has happened because of George W. Bush and Donald Trump uh, and all of the appointments that they made to the Supreme Court is that now originalists have a 6-3 uh, majority on the Supreme Court. Um, so we've seen the court go from talking about things like, you know, in Brown versus Board of Education, the court said, we don't roll the clock, the clock back to 1868. Um, we have to take into account the, uh, the modern, our modern culture, the role of education and, and contemporary times, right? All the, you know, the court for years has been talking like that. Okay. We don't go back to 1868. The constitution was meant to endure. It's written in general terms and it, it evolves. Um, it's a living, breathing, right, uh, uh document, um, that is no longer the Supreme Court's approach to this. And so you're going to see, uh, again, I, I'm predicting a, a wholesale shift on the Supreme Court, not just with regard to abortion. Right? They, well, that was going to be my thing. next question yeah. is, yeah. you know, in, in changing and, and uh, undoing the underpinnings of um, Roe v. Wade, are they undoing the underpinnings of a bunch of other Supreme Court decisions, and will people start challenging those? Mm -hmm. Like, for example, yep. same-sex marriage. Yes. Um, and, you know, um, Justice Alito, in his majority opinion for the court and Dobbs, said, we are only, this is only about abortion, don't, you know, uh, we're not ruling on any other kind of right or any other due process issue. We're only talking about abortion, which is its own thing because of the, the whole thing about potential life. Um, it makes it a different type of issue. Okay, having said that, the reasoning that he employed in overruling Roe um, cannot possibly be confined to Roe because, it's, it, because what he said is what I indicated earlier. Nothing is a constitutional right if it wasn't written in the Constitution, or if it wasn't considered a con or it wasn't considered a widespread practice in 1868, those are the only two ways that a right can be protected by the Constitution. Um, now, that obviously calls into question uh, not same-sex marriage, um, but I have to talk for a minute about Justice Thomas. So <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah, Alito. Yeah, where you did he tell. come from? We didn't hear about him, you know, for 40 years, and now all of a sudden he's <laughs> right. in the middle of everything. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, and he, sure, he caused, uh, made some waves, I'll tell you, in the Dobbs case, um, because obviously Alito, and I think this was Roberts trying to, you know, exert some influence. Obviously, he's completely lost control of the court. Um, but I, yeah, I was going to ask, it's, it's not really the Roberts court anymore, <laughs> no, is it? <laughs> no, 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 let's not, yeah, let's not get ourselves. Um, it's, uh, but, but Alito, I think in a nod to Roberts, you know, was trying to keep people calm by saying this is only about abortion. Uh, here comes Justice Thomas to say the quiet part out loud, right? He said, nope. Um, next up, we need to talk about, we need to revisit Griswold versus Connecticut. So he's naming names. That's the case where the court said uh, the state cannot stop people from accessing contraceptives. Um, uh, so he wants to revisit that. Uh, he named Lawrence versus Texas, 
which is the case where the Supreme Court said uh, that a state cannot criminalize same-sex uh, intimate uh, conduct. Um, he wants to actually revisit that. So, uh, so I guess we can go back to the days when a state can criminalize um, same-sex intimate conduct, let alone marriage, right? Because he also named that Obergefell uh, is the, the same-sex marriage case he wants to revisit. So he named these names. He said these are the, these are coming next, um, which which sort of sort of um, you know. Uh, belies obviously uh any any disclaimer by the majority that that this is limited to abortion um and uh you know and and the other cases the court has recently handed down with guns and religion there you know you know you get it you look at these things it's breathtaking they all 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 of these issues mention 1868 the, do you, you think know, brendan you know, a, a few weeks ago, there was an unprecedented or at least unusual leak of a memo mm -hmm. which hinted that that the Supremes might go in this direction on the Dobbs yeah. case. Yeah. Can you explain what that memo was, why it was even floating around, and speculate as to whether or not this leak was to some degree intentional to soften the blow yeah that it's uh the, the key word there is speculate uh yeah, we don't know. i, I, I want to make that perfectly clear <laughs> yeah, that right, nobody's right. got any inside information on the right, leak yet right. yeah it was that leak was unbelievable um because it was it was a not only a leak of what the Supreme Court was thinking, it was a leak of a f complete first draft of the actual opinion by Justice Alito, um, and 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 incidentally, the case that actually the issue uh, the opinion that issued from the court was almost identical, so it was extremely accurate uh, um, right, prediction of what the court was going to do. Um, who who done it is a good question. You know, by, at first I think a lot of people were thinking, oh, some liberal, uh, you know, some liberal clerk who had access to it, you know, leaked it out, wanted wanted everybody to know what's coming. You really think about it though, there's not a lot to be gained on the liberal side from that leaking. Um, no, I was uh, thinking I, much more in terms of how mm -hmm. big a surprise this ruling would have been had right. there not been some hints that that this right. is what was going to happen and some of it was just from the considerations of the case itself that it had that mm -hmm. potential but that leak right. made this uh not nearly the surprise it, it might have been yeah it, it actually it would not have made sense from the liberal side because you know from their perspective the bigger the shock this is the you know the politically more the more beneficial it is and the closer to the election, right, uh, it is, the better it is for the liberal side. So for it to come out, you know, weeks ago um, doesn't, doesn't benefit them. And the, the other theory, and I think this is, a, this is an interesting one, is that um, so, somebody on the conservative side leaked it to lock it in. Because um, Roberts, we, you know, the, the court was also leaking this information. Roberts was trying very hard to get the court not to do this. Um, for reasons that we've talked about before, mm -hmm. 
you know, right, he's right. he's not a fan of. Um, he's an incrementalist. You know, he likes to do things in little pieces. He's mm-hmm. uh, an institutionalist. He he likes you know when this thing has been considered settled law, mm-hmm. and and Roberts does not like to unsettle law. Right. Right. Yeah. And uh, and he knew he knew that what was going to happen is what has happened, um, which is there's a huge backlash, lost a loss of trust in the Supreme Court. And obviously, I mean, this is not political to say this. It obviously looks like the Supreme Court is a political animal that just rules according to who's on the court. Um, and uh, then, that, that's that but, shakes. But I, I, I want to mm-hmm. dig into a few other things here, Brendan, because. You know, the abortion issue is something people have been arguing about for 50 years, Mm -hmm. even while it was settled law. Of course, it's going to be the big topic of discussion, but there were some other very significant things. And I'm thinking about this this ruling about uh, prayer on the 50-yard line. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's, um, That's something very different because of the the religious implications of it and whether or not that that ends up meaning that uh, somehow the government is encouraging a particular religion mhm right that's um so and that's something in, the uh, supreme court we think of as as trying to stay as far away from as they can mhm but now you know, it looks like uh, pretty soon you won't have to make a uh, wedding cake for gay couples. Right, right. For religious reasons. Right. Mm-hmm. right. There are two religion clauses in the Constitution. Um, one of them is the Establishment Clause that says the government may not establish religion, which, you know, the court has taken to mean for, for many uh, decades that the government's not allowed to promote <laughs> the president right can't there. appoint a cardinal to his cabinet. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, right. That's the most. Yeah, that's that'd be the most extreme example. And uh, or con- or Congress just declare the national religion. You know. Um, right. Um, but you know, but the court has been, uh, you know, has been uh, pretty protective uh, of, or, or I, I guess you'd say, pretty faithful. To you know Jefferson's promise, right, of a separation, a wall of separation between church and state, um, and so has always said, if you're promoting a religion, religion, um, then that's establishing religion. Uh, now that you know the, the other religion clause is the free exercise clause, which says you can't interfere with somebody's religion. But what, here's what the court's basically saying now: is that the free exercise clause trumps the establishment clause because you got a school district that's saying we can't have a coach. Um, right, intoning a sectarian prayer in the middle of a pile of football players. He's their head coach. Uh, so, of course, they're going to pray with him because otherwise, you know, he's the, he's the one making decisions about their, uh, right, about their playing time and everything else. Um, we can't have that or we violate the Establishment Clause. That's, that is the school district promoting religion. What the Supreme Court said is, no, that's a private citizen uh, praying, and you can't stop him from praying because that's a violation of the free exercise clause. Um, so it really looks like establishment is pretty much out the window 
uh, and it's all about free exercise now. If you're, especially, obviously, if you're, if you're of certain uh, um, religious uh, uh, bent or belief, uh, maybe you you get to you get to exercise your religion anywhere uh, and anytime and any way you want. That's, uh, well, that's where we're headed. that's one of the questions I have is in a, in a case like this, um, is it establishing? religion or is it allowing religion mm -hmm. the test there are a number of tests that the court used to use which which uh went like this uh entanglement was one word they they would use right the uh the government that includes public schools cannot entangle themselves uh with religion they uh used uh what they called the endorsement test if it looked like the government was endorsing religion, that was a violation. And so here we go again, talk about redoing my curriculum and my courses. In, in the Kennedy case, that's the, the case about the football coach, the court tossed out two of the huge cases in, in religion, uh, about the religion clauses. There, every lawyer knows something called the lemon test. Um, Right, was one of the one of the religion tests, and and then there's this other case called Allegheny County, uh, an endorsement of religion, and the court just uh, as if as if it was just an offhanded remark said, we long ago abandoned both of those cases, so they've effectively overruled those cases now, um, so they're undoing precedent at a at a rate um, that I've never seen before, and I doubt has ever happened before. Um, it's uh, so. You know, now, one of the other things courts have concerned themselves with is coercion. You put a student, and this is something I think we can all relate to if we can, if we can remember back to our teenage or middle school right, years. You put a student in a situation where they either go along with something they don't believe um, or they make a scene, right? Or they, they, make, they turn themselves into outsiders. Uh, and what the court, then Justice O'Connor was the one who really came up with this idea, said, you cannot put a public, a public school student in that position where they either have to go along and pray with you or they refuse to, and then, uh, right, and then next thing you know, they're the outcast, right? They're, they're the, uh, the out uh, party. And um, that's something that the court, uh, in this case, seemed utterly unconcerned about, um, whether, whether these students and football players, um, whether they were put in that situation, you're either going to pray or you're going to be not part of the team. Um, and so, uh, so even, even that coercion uh, issue, the court paid some lip service to it, uh, but certainly didn't seem to apply it uh, in a meaningful way. So, yeah, we're, we're, in, a new, we're in a new territory. Isn't, uh, there, um, isn't there a certain amount of, um, uh, oh, what, what, what word did you use, uh, encouragement, of uh, religion when history is being taught that um, that that the founding fathers built a lot of their vision for the country on Judeo-Christian values. Yeah, you hear that a lot. Um, you do hear it a lot, and I mm -hmm. and I wonder if that isn't uh, an encouragement of a kind. Yeah, the and 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 it's more extreme. And I hear I hear this a lot too. You hear a lot of people saying that this country was founded on Christianity. Um, it was a Christian nation. Um, 
Now, it might be that the majority of the population at the time of the founding uh, was Christian. But uh, the, our founders, if you read what they actually wrote and said uh, about religion, um, they, uh, they would have absolutely been horrified uh, that people are arguing, essentially that it, that it was founded as a theocracy. Um, there's no mention of God in the Constitution. Alexander Hamilton was asked why. And he flippantly said, because we forgot. Um, <laughs> right, I mean... <laughs> um, and, and then he also uh, quipped, uh, we're the, our, new, our new nation is not in need of foreign aid. Um, uh, you know, the things uh, Adams and Jefferson wrote uh, back and forth about religion in very unflattering terms. Um, never mind, forget about Thomas Paine, right? <laughs> right? Uh, you know, um, and I mean, so the, the heavy hitters, uh, you know, didn't, it's fair to say they were deists, most of them. Um, not not pain, certainly, but they were deists that they did believe in what George Washington avoided uh, using the term God. He thought he'd, you know, that's not something you should talk about in public, but he would use terms like great author, right? The great author or, or the almighty being. Yeah, something like that, you know, that he, he thought was more non-sectarian. Um, so, uh, so they were deists. Um, but, uh, you know, I mean, no, they, the, this was not founded. Uh, if you look at, you, you described the Constitution well. You look at the, the articles, the original articles of the Constitution. If you can find something about religion in there, let me know. Drop me an email. <laughs> uh, you know, what, divinely inspired that we have two senators per state? I don't think God had much to do with this. But um, uh, so, uh, so, yeah, I, that, that's... That's kind of a mistelling of history, um, and uh, that itself, right, is is an endorsement of religion. The the, the notion that well, this was founded as a Christian nation, so we should, Christianity should be our constitution. Um, you know, that's uh, Brendan. We've got a break coming up in about two minutes, and I don't mm -hmm. know what your time is like this morning. Can you stick around to do another segment, or do we need to start wrapping it up? Um, yeah, as long as I can get, uh, get out by about five of, I'll be good. I can do that. Sounds good. No problem. Okay. Yeah. Um, because I, I do want to get into, um, a, a couple of the other things that were, were talked about, but also, um, we don't have their, uh, <laughs> their complete roster of rulings yet. There's still, what, mm -hmm. four kind of big ones coming down the pike on immigration, yeah. climate change, mm -hmm. um, uh, congressional war powers, uh, work, work protection for veterans more specifically, and stuff mm -hmm. about um, Native American lands. And there was a, a case uh, just recently decided by them that the uh, uh, local state government didn't have the authority to try um, a Native American for, uh, a, I, I believe it may have been a murder, but certainly an assault of another Native American on Native American land. Mm -hmm. That that was something to be decided by the Native American um, structure and, and not... Uh, not the uh, public courts, mm -hmm. which is right. 
kind of an interesting position. Anyway, as I mentioned, I have to take a short break here, and uh, we're going to come back and talk about some of the things, some of the other shoes that haven't fallen yet from the Supreme Court with uh, Brendan Beery. If you're listening to us on 92.1 LPFM in Flint, they are a broadcast service of the Flint Odyssey House Spectacle Productions, and my good friend Paul Herring, we're going to let them squeeze Hi, this is Joe Bye from the Blue Lions, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Right now, the COVID-19 vaccines are available to millions of Americans, and soon they will be available to everyone. This vaccine means hope. It will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. I want to go back to work, and I want to be able to move around. To visit with Michelle's mom, the hugger, and see her on her birthday. You know what I'm really looking forward to is going to opening day in Texas Rangers Stadium with a full stadium. We've lost enough people, and we've suffered enough damage. In order to get rid of this pandemic, it's important for our fellow citizens to get vaccinated. I'm getting vaccinated because we want this pandemic to end as soon as possible. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. So roll up your sleeve and do your part. This is our shot. Now it's up to you. Yo, speaking. Oh, dear. Honey, our car warranty is expiring again. So soon? It just expired last week. You don't even own a car. Not now, Dana. Your father's on the phone. Hey. Mom and Dad, you're being scammed. It's a robocall. Scammers are using new technology and clever tactics to make more and more calls that look legitimate but are hard to trace. They can make it look like they're calling from any number, even from numbers of people you know. My robocall crackdown team is working with state and federal partners to stop the robocalls for good, but I need your guys' help. Don't trust your caller ID. Verify you're really talking to the person whose number appears when your phone rings. If you accidentally answer a robocall, hang up right away. Engaging in conversation will only lead to more calls. Use a call blocking app on your cell phone that stops robocalls before they interrupt your day. And if you do get a robocall, file a complaint with my office online at mi.gov robocalls. And mom, dad, please do not give your information out to these scammers over the phone. They're just trying to trick you. Well, at least they call. No, I get it, you're busy. But you know Janine's daughter is a doctor. She calls every week. A doctor. I'm Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel. Visit mi.gov slash agcomplaints for your connection to consumer protection. It's 2022, and this year the Tom Sumner Program begins its 15th year. It would not be here without support through the years from individuals and organizations like these. Seth David Radwell. East Village Magazine. Flint Institute of Music. Hello, I'm Maestro Ricky DeMeg. Flint Community School. MTA Flint. Flint Comics and Entertainment. Hamity Complete Food Center. The Flint River Watershed Coalition. W.H. Weiscarver. The Genesee County Road Commission. Long Museum Auto Fair. Thomas Appliance. The Genesee Health Plan. Quiplet Technology. My Community College. It's pure Michigan. 
Friends on Facebook have also helped by contributing to the show's online fundraisers two or three times a year. If you would like to help the Tom Sumner program continue to thrive by becoming a sponsor, send an email of interest to Tom at TomSumnerProgram.com. Add your name to the list of supporters, past, present, and future. Technical assistance for the Tom Sumner program is provided by Swiftlet Technology, engineering and IT services at swiftlet.technology. Hey, this is First Ward City Councilman Eric Mays, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner program. And welcome back, everybody. My guest this hour is constitutional law professor from WMU Cooley Law in Tampa, Brendan Beery. And Brendan, welcome back. Thanks again for uh, sticking around and spending this uh, hour with me talking about recent developments at the Supreme Court. My pleasure. Time always flies when when I'm chatting with Thomas on this. Well, we, we have such uh, we have such great conversations and. A lot of this stuff is people, you know, aren't paying enough attention. That um, the uh, 50-yard line ruling was not the only um, time religion came up in uh, decisions that were handed mm-hmm. down. There's a, there's one about school funding. Right. Yeah. And that's an that's an interesting and complicated one because of public funding for charter schools and there's there's an argument i've seen used that um when the government requires certain kinds of uh regulations be followed that those if if there isn't public funding attached that those become unfunded mandates and and it could Mm -hmm. be simple things like how many fire extinguishers to have in the building Right. Right. Yeah. The the issue of uh, school funding, and there's there's been, there have been some related cases where where the sort of saw that one coming. The case you're talking about is out of Maine, um, where the state said uh, essentially they give money to parents to send their kids to whatever school they want, um, but the money cannot be used for religious uh, education, right? A religious school. Um, and uh, this, this followed on from uh, a case a couple of years ago where uh, a state had a program, it's kind of a weird thing, they, where they would melt tires and, and, uh, and provide the tar uh, from, the, from the tires to, uh, you know, for, for schools and whatnot to pave playgrounds and stuff like that. And they refused to give uh, or to, to allow a religious organization to take part uh, in that program because, uh, the state constitution forbade, uh, the state from, uh, funding or promoting religion. Um, and in in that case, the court said, nope, you can't discriminate against an organization because they're religious. That, that violates their free exercise. They'd have to renounce their religious beliefs in order to qualify for the, 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 uh, tire tar. So you can't do that. Um, and they basically said the same thing in Maine. Um, if you're providing money, for uh, uh, secular organizations or secular purposes, that same money or that same program has to be available to religious uh, organizations or institutions. Uh, otherwise, you're discriminating against religion. 
And so here again we see, right, on the one side, the government is trying to avoid establishing religion. They're trying not to promote religion. That's un so, the, so they think they're complying with the Establishment Clause. And along comes the Supreme Court and says, no, you're not complying with the Establishment Clause. You're violating the Free Exercise Clause. Because now these people, um, right, again, to, to qualify for this aid, right, they, they would have to renounce their religious beliefs. Um, so, so that, uh, uh, and once again, uh, you know, the court said uh, in, in, the, in, the most, in the main case that just came out, um, they said, uh, you know, we look at um, history and tradition uh, and, uh, you know, once again, a sort of, you know, uh, 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 traveling back in time uh, to a time when, according to the court, uh, you know, the uh, uh, courts and the government were more, you know, incorporated religion more into public life. So, uh, so yeah, there's movement. Uh, there's movement there too. And uh, when you combine that with the praying coach case, uh, yeah, we have uh, the the ball has moved. There's been more cases overruled, um, and and so how do you go. not oh, also fold the abortion issue? Um, mm -hmm. How do you not fold religion into the debate about that issue? I think that's impossible, right? I, I, I don't know how, I mean, all of the arguments, okay, so sometimes you'll hear arguments about fetal pain uh, or fetal heartbeat. Well, and I think like it's that. fair to say that, that our, yeah. um, you know, what we think of in terms of when life begins has certainly right. changed in the last 50 years. Mm -hmm. and, and I think it's, it's fair to reexamine that from from that perspective um but I, I i just i wrestle with people who oppose abortion and, and and say they're doing it because of their faith and and their right. commitment to their religion mm -hmm. and yet the case uh, about capital punishment that came before the mm -hmm. court was about whether to inject or uh, use a firing squad Mm-hmm. Right. Wasn't yeah. anything about right to life. Right. Right. Yeah, there's something about the abortion issue that has galvanized uh, the religious right. And uh, although we do hear some secular arguments for why abortion, like, like fetal pain, right, why uh, abortion sure. should be banned, I mean, if we're going to be honest, if, I often say that. Can we just be honest about this? Right? Uh, if we're going to be honest about it, this is about religious beliefs, um, and, and you know, and and the belief that I mean, because now I mean, we're hearing from uh, Republican lawmakers, right? But get rid of uh, the morning after pill, even that, that that life begins at con at conception, and that is a religious belief. Um, so I don't think you can divorce. Uh, the two, and that raises an interesting question about whether um, you know a religious—I don't know if it's a majority—but uh, uh, a vocal religious uh, part of the population um, can, can, if you will, impose those religious beliefs on everybody else. Uh, but uh, well, Brendan, <laughs> I promised I'd, uh, I'd I'd let you go at yeah. five too, and it's that right now. But Excellent. thank you so much for spending this time with me. I'm sure we'll be talking again because 
um, there is so much going on that we really haven't covered at all in an hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sounds good. I look forward to it. All right. Take care, Brendan. Thanks, Tom. All Have right. a good one. Bye-bye. Yeah, bye-bye. That was uh, Brendan Beery. He is a uh, constitutional law professor for uh, WMU Cooley Law in Tampa. And um, he's uh, been a frequent guest on the Tom Sumner program. He's kind of our go-to guy on uh, Supreme Court. Although, uh, I told Brendan before we went on the air that and I'm sure the same is true for him, I have been getting an awful lot of emails from people who want to weigh in uh, for and against the Supreme Court's ruling on uh, Ro- that impacts Roe v. Wade. Their ruling on Dobbs is the, the right case to, to reference there. Anyway, um, we are going to uh, take a short break here at the top of the hour. And then uh, we'll be back with lots more. We're going to talk uh, if uh, Donald Trump were charged and convicted of something, um, would Joe Biden pardon him the way that uh, Gerald Ford did for Richard Nixon? Um, Anyway, that's all coming up uh, in the next hour. So by all means, don't touch that dial. Don't click that mouse. There's lots more of the Tom Sumner program that is uh, coming up straight ahead. Hear ye! Hear ye! The Colts in session. The Colts in session. Now, here come the judge. Here come the judge. Here come the Stop being that fudge Cause here come the judge Don't nobody budge Cause here come the judge Judge Shorty is presiding the day And he don't take no stuff from nobody No kind of way Hey boy, take off the hat Where do you think you're at? I know where you gon' be
Pilots, get off of my lawn! We're trying to do a radio show down here. It's a Tom Sumner program, don't you know? Go on, go on, get out of here. <laughs>